Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever episode of Real New Friends. I'm your host, Chris Minio, and I'm joined by Olivia Quinlan. Olivia, how are you today? I'm so well, Chris. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We're still early on and just keeping it moving. Stoked but broke, you know? Sunday night. That's true. Uh, Go ahead, donate. Donate. It's in (laughs) in the description below. Don't worry about that. Moving on. Um, we kind of realized that, you know, we wanted to give a little bit of an introduction to ourselves. So I'm going to kind of, kind of start us out by asking, uh, Olivia here uh, a little bit about, you know, where you're from, how you grew up, those kind of things, just the, the icebreakers here for everybody. <laughs> okay. I'm ready when you're going to hit me with the questions. That was the question. Oh, that's the right question. There, like, yeah. Okay. You know, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Those kind of <laughs> things. Yeah. Okay. Also to note. Chris and I decided that we're going to try not to edit this as much as possible and make it feel like you're sitting on the couch uh, listening to us, whether you're listening to this on a drive or while you're folding laundry. So my name is Olivia for the 90th time. I'm 26 years old. I'm from southern New Jersey. Central New Jersey is not a real place. And I live in Sarasota, Florida. Uh this is not like my audition to be a bachelor contestant, but it sounds like it. I work in aviation, but I used to work in the political life, the political campaign life. Um, I went to sector. Is that the word it's we're looking word, for? Like. Sector, the political yeah. sector. Uh, in 2016, things got crazy. Uh, I graduated from Florida Southern College, Go Mox, in Lakeland uh, in 2015. So I've been post-grad for three years, and I work for myself for a regional airline doing social media marketing and pilot recruiting, and it has been very challenging, yet very fun. So you can always catch me on my cell phone or on my laptop because chances are that's how I'm making all my money, on my phone, not texting. Just grinding. Just grinding. Seriously, everyone's like, why are you always on your phone? I'm like, because my MacBook's too big. So if they can make, not a tablet, I feel like Apple needs just a bigger, I need like the iPhone 8 Plus Plus. If it was just a little bit bigger, it'd be content. So I think we should say that we need a phone plus plus from (laughs) a company to be named later. Um, (laughs) True. Unless... uh, you know, Tim wants to hit us up and, and start making some donations. Let's not let's not drop their <laughs> names right away here. Um, no, but that's uh, that's actually that line right there is probably the best way to sum up me. Just always, always plugging. Um, but I'm Chris Minio, as I said earlier in the podcast. I'm also 26 years old. Um, I was born in a very, very small town called Titusville, Pennsylvania. Shout out um, to the what zip code or what area? I code? have no clue. Area nah. code 814. 814. The 814. Yeah, the 814 is like the majority of northwestern Pennsylvania, though. So <laughs> that it was still 814 when I moved, which I moved at a pretty early age uh, to Erie, Pennsylvania, which is where I really grew up. And I uh, went to college in Gaffney, South Carolina. For those of you who watch House of Cards, yes, that Gaffney, South Carolina. And then after graduating, I moved back to to Erie, Pennsylvania. I got my first job in, um, it's a healthcare field. It was more along the lines of uh, mental and behavioral health. And um, 
mainly in IT, a little bit of analytical work. And then in July of 2017, I got married to our beautiful producer, uh, Ruth Ann. Shout out, producer Woo! Ruth Ann. Um, I threw up a peace sign, but you can't see it. Yes, giving those visual cues <laughs> to the auditory people at home. Um but yeah, we got married in 2017 and then moved to Florida. Um, and I got a job with a with a Fortune 500 company um, doing... Big clout right there. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Big clout. Not really. Not at all, actually. But that's fine. Um, I'm a data analyst and I do a lot of uh, medical, uh, healthcare, insurance, uh, analytic work and, and stuff along those lines. And just kind of looking to you know do as much as possible spread myself as thin as I can I also coach volleyball I try and maintain a fitness lifestyle and uh, this would be the second podcast that I'm hopping into so pretty excited about it yeah I had a podcast side note I guess I tried to do a solo podcast it's very difficult so I'm stoked to be here with Chris and Ruthann because Solo podcasting takes a certain kind of person and I am very outgoing and very loud and annoying and I am not ADD, but I feel like sometimes I'm all over the place. Uh, And it's a lot more fun with another person and it's better than just sitting in your office recording yourself, asking yourself questions and talking to yourself. So I'm pretty stoked for this. Yeah, and I've I've never tried to do the solo route. you know, I'm very much the same way, outgoing, and I, I'm a storyteller, and so I can I can really get on a roll. But if I'm just if I'm just there by myself, there's nothing that I you know want to do less than just sit and tell myself a story. <laughs> it sounds terrible. I already know what happened, um, and I'm gonna you know it's just gonna be dumb to me. So you know now I know how you guys all feel but you know I have someone giving you that feedback who's like and especially for for us um you know we weren't friends really before we actually we we even started this podcast like we had just barely met when we decided to do this and so it's it's kind of neat to be you know you're going to get the reaction from someone who hasn't heard you know a story that one of us has or you know hasn't been a part of the other person's life when the thing happened so you'll you'll get a lot of genuine reaction as well as someone reacting probably the same way that you are when they when they hear one of these stories Ruthann said it best the other day we are really telling our friendship through this podcast and the episodes are documenting our friendship because I don't really know much about Chris. I know Chris through Ruth Ann, who works and teaches at our Pure Bar studio. And she's married to Chris, obviously. And I'm just here so I don't get fined. But no. Um, so this whole thing is just really a mashup of many things, which is what a mashup is correct is that the webster's that, that dictionary would, that would be a little repetitive yeah it's, it's a many thing mashup not just like two it's, it's at least three or four okay where we're really just starting from nothing and talking about everything from relationships to our health 
fitness journeys to working to being 20-something-year-olds, slugging along, paying the bills, breaking necks, taking checks, and all the stuff that falls in between. Yeah, and something you mentioned there, um, fitness journeys. You know, that's definitely one thing I think we uh, we both have in common. We've come a long way in um, who we used to be and what we used to look like in even just the last couple of years. And um, having known you all of a solid week and just seeing <laughs> Seven a, lot days. Of, a lot of your journey through Instagram and all that stuff. And, you know, another thing, just how social media can bring people together and how you can almost feel like you know somebody through a shared journey and um, through seeing that in social media and how crazy that is. Chris hit it right on the head. I've known Ruth Ann for a year and a half and we just started hanging out last week. Act, I guess actively? Is that even the right word? Uh, and I feel like I've known you guys forever. And I think it's cool that through Instagram, I guess, people that maybe listen to this podcast feel the same way, that they've known me and that they're seeing me grow, whether it be <clears> – sorry that I coughed. Hopefully this gets edited. <laughs> if not, it's fine. What I was trying to say is just I think it's cool how if you use Instagram and social media properly, you can really connect with people connect with people and that's what I'm all about on Instagram is just keeping it as authentic as possible which is very hard to find because the world is filtered so we're gonna just keep it vulnerable and honest and real because that's what real friends do and plus as we mentioned we've known each other all of a week so you know, throw that new right there in the middle, and that's how we got our name. So pretty solid, solid effort on our part, not going to lie. But, um, you know, let me ask you something. When was the first time that you got on a social media site, and what was it? Like, when was I ever on social media? Like, first time. First time. What's your... What's Does your MySpace name? count as social media? Absolutely. Okay, so... The MySpace era, a.k.a. the Olivia emo days. You know, like the pictures of you. I know you can't see this if you're listening to this, but like tongue out, the like your hair super, super straight. And do you guys know, have, were you guys ever in like emo stages? Uh, absolutely. Hardcore, hardcore. Like sh the straightened hair with like edges, the graphic band tees, like the dark eyeliner. Full blown. Vans Warped Tour. Oh, yeah. yeah like Warped Tour 2008. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. That was, I guess the first time I really put myself on social media was MySpace. What about you? Um, one of the earlier things that I kind of remember, um, it's actually kind of funny, fifth grade, um, there was a website called uh, something like 321 Kid Chat. What? And it was just like this random unanimous you type in a username and it just puts you with another random user and you just it was I am I mean it was instant messaging back and forth well that got shut down by the school real quick because you know perverts um, true and 
you know, after that, you know, you have AIM and, you know, all that, you know, instant messaging and all that stuff. But I mean, really the first insight, the first like social sharing and all of that stuff for me was MySpace too. And, you know, it's kind of funny because at the same time for me, that was one of the bigger introductions for a lot of the tech stuff and the IT stuff that I got into because of course you could basically code into your pages all the you know random stuff all the different backgrounds I still remember it probably still is at this point uh, Wiz Khalifa's show improve back when he was still at Pitt um, was the song of my MySpace page and remember picking a MySpace song yeah it was it was so serious and so difficult like there was nothing more and this might just be me, but that was one of the few things in my life that honestly made me anxious and stressed was like picking this stupid song that like, this is me. This this is the most important thing and this is gonna determine who I am. It's kind of cool when you think about MySpace in hindsight because a lot of like the HTML and you can pick different layouts. Ruthann, I'm sure you remember this too. If you wanted like a, a super bright colored background or with different like, I mean, there was lightning bolts. I had one and then like picking your top five and the fights that occurred from yeah. that and the stress. Like imagine that is a kid, like now in 2019, if we still had MySpace, if Tom didn't like fall off the face of the earth and is he still alive? I don't know. That's I know. Um, even talking about like top five and how do you remember when Snapchat first came out and your top three would always be listed? Yes. But then they got rid of it, and I'm like, there was like this move to get away from like ranking friendship, I guess. But I don't know if that's no, like and still even relevant. yeah, and then even it's a great point because even Instagram now is talking about getting rid of showing how many likes are on people's photos. Right, and I know there's a big, I mean, there's a huge put. The main reason is is that there's so much hate that that becomes of it and it was really funny um i was listening to something the other day they had an interview with the guy who created the retweet button on twitter interesting and he said that that was the worst possible thing that they could have done because it makes it so easy to basically forward on to all of your people and everyone seeing your stuff and it makes it so easy for something negative to get big because you're just hitting a button you're just pushing it along you you're not actually like because before if you wanted to say the same thing somebody as you somebody did and you wanted to put that out there too you had to do a full like copy and paste which is never easy on a phone. thing called command c yeah i mean like it well and, I forget about it. If you're on a cell phone, copy and paste does not work, period. Um, you'll never convince me otherwise. It's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you're on the computer, you gotta, you gotta highlight, you gotta, and you have to f create a new tweet and then push it back out. And at that time, somebody's gonna go, oh, wow, that's real original. Like, you can tell you're, you're like, you follow this guy and you yeah. just keep saying everything that he says. And it's just kind of funny how, like, that's normal and, if we didn't have the retweet button or, you know, one of these things, who knows if, if Twitter takes off to be what it is. And now they're like trying to strip it all down to where, oh, well, we, would, we don't want to show how many retweets and likes that you got because then it, it can encourage people to just, it's so dumb. 
I mean, and that and that could like spiral us into the biggest rabbit hole of like Instagram and sixteen year olds and self confidence. And like, I remember being on MySpace, and the second my best friend took me off her number one spot, I was like destroyed, like full tears out of my mind. And I was Absolutely. like, I don't know, fourteen. But if someone removed you, like put a guy there, you were so hurt. So I can't imagine like being a 16 year old now and like filters and presets and like Photoshopping every little thing. So at least like on this podcast, we're both pretty off. I mean, that's what we're shooting for. But yeah, we're really just being authentic and being ourselves and talking literally just at my kitchen table just about what's going on so i think that's really cool to see like from myspace to facebook to twitter to instagram and back and then your apple watch telling you to stand up because you've been sitting for way too long but we both got that same notification at the same time just now mine was you did it i haven't even though you didn't stand up gotten out of this chair in at least 21 minutes um (laughs) yeah um but anyway so kind of moving along and you know, a big thing for you has been, um, you know, that I've, I've seen a little bit of and gotten an insight to is, you know, that fitness journey from, you know, this huge change. And do you want to just kind of lay it out real quick and just kind of talk yeah. about how, you know, if you're comfortable, just, you know, tell, give a backstory on your journey. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> my name is Olivia. I'm kidding. Uh, so... I, growing up, grew up in a very athletic family. I played soccer in high school, and I played lacrosse. And sports were always a big part of our family life. Uh, Sunday nights, we would, you know, watch football. Uh, Big baseball family. I have two younger brothers that are athletes. Uh, And my whole family is just really into sports, and we're Philadelphia sports fans. I know I'm sitting with Pittsburgh fans, so it's very difficult but I'm just hanging in there. And so Eagles games, whatever. Uh, we were always playing some kind of sport in the backyard of my house, whether it's like wiffle ball or whatever. And I never thought of fitness as anything but fun. Like I always thought like working out was fun. Like playing soccer was fun. You go to school. I went to an all girls Catholic private school where I played soccer and it was very intense and conditioning was serious. And you know, you're in high school and you're 14 years old and your body's super thin and you're running like eight miles in the dead of New Jersey summer. Uh, so in high school, you know, I was like re- in pretty good shape, I would say, <laughs> like, you know, pretty fit. I went to college and I started, I just stopped working out. I took course overload pretty much every semester. I tried to get to the gym every once in a while, but fitness wasn't cool like as cool as it is now I guess and as trendy I say that with like in a big eye roll and uh so I was working on a a campaign and eating a lot of pizza and not sleeping and and then post-grad life hit me which I talk about this weird I I think if you went to college you understand like the weird bump which you did go to college Chris I'm not saying you I just mean the people that are maybe listening to this podcast uh if you if you went to college you know that when you're in school you're in this bubble and then when you when you leave you're like oh there's bills I have extra weight like 
what's going on? I have a job that I have to go to. So I looked at myself and I remember I was like, wow, Olivia, you do not look like yourself. Like you're a little chunky. Like what's happening? And so I moved from, I went to college in Lakeland, Florida, go Mox. And uh, I moved to Sarasota and I took my first ever pure bar class. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, I was working at Kate Spade. I was on a campaign, working on a campaign. We ended up losing the election. This was 2016. I took my first pure bar class and two girls walked into Kate Spade that day. And they said, this is imperative to the story, I promise. <laughs> they said to me, I was like, they were both wearing pure bar t-shirts, pure bar Tampa. And they said, I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to take my first class tonight because I heard about pure bar on TV. And I heard that it was like the best way for women to lose weight. And so... They told me I was too fat to take the class. And I'll never forget one of the instructors up here at Lakewood Ranch. I walked in and I was like, listen, I might be too fat to take this class. So I was really self-conscious. Um, and she, it was Christina, CC, shout out. Uh, and she was like, no, 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 come in. Open me with open arms. Um, so, you know, 500 classes later, here we are. I've taken like 500 and something classes at Pure Bar. Um, I started... You know, seeing results, losing weight, but I wasn't, I kind of plateaued from Pure Bar, which you, I feel like you can do in pretty much anything, as you know. So I took a little break from Pure Bar and I started just going to the gym and uh, LA Fitness, you know, like the big gym feel, which is very intimidating, I feel like, as a woman. I started doing like... Uh, it's, it's, honestly, it's not just as a woman. I want to just yeah. interrupt you there. I mean big gyms in general like I mean there's a lot of big gym energy yeah I mean and <laughs> the, well there's a lot of like the expectation that there's a norm and the reality is is that there isn't but you're so afraid to break like an unwritten rule that like you, you just curl up in a ball and don't do anything and I don't even know why that fear is there you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's really just people that want to better themselves. Well, and because they're honestly, it's there because there's people who create these unwritten rules in their mind, and they they're people who think that you have to be a certain body image to be working out at a gym, or like, and it's all, you know, other people have created these, and lesser people have created these, you know stigmas that y you need to be a certain way now obviously there are certain places where it's like look this is the expectation if you are going to be here you, i mean you've got bodybuilder gyms and you've got all of those places with like like oh, crossfit yeah i mean yeah. and even crossfit though i feel like for the most part they'll they'll welcome you with open arms you know as long as you're willing to put in the work that they want you to and the, the money but, um, that's <laughs> yeah i mean that's true about just about anywhere but i mean yeah, but sorry, didn't I was no. just kind of like I mean that's something I think most guys can also relate to is walking into a gym and just being like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to get a bike or a treadmill and get out of here. Yeah, and like totally not talk to anyone and just like look down. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So I was doing LA fitness for a while, and you know, like all the instructors are coming up to me like, hey, you want to like lose some weight? Like you should do personal training. And I was like, this is not making me feel good about myself at all. And so I really took like a hard look at myself and I was like, Olivia, you really like private 
classes, which Pure Bar is a studio membership where, yes, it's pricey, but like, talk about this later, like investing in yourself and your health is important because you really only have one body. Um, I actually got out of a relationship and I started cooking for myself, um, which that's like a what I really, I think 80% of why I look the way I look right now is because of what I eat. And I really do think that it's 80% what you eat and 20% body, at least for me. That's what works for me. Um, I know other people have different metabolisms and um, are luckier. But for me, I'm five foot one. I weigh 125 pounds. Uh, so it's kind of interesting how I lost 60 pounds in how many months has it been since March? It's August. Five, six months? Six months. So I lost like 60 pounds in six months. So, yeah. So right now I have like this new body, new confidence. I've always been a pretty decently confident, decently. I can't even speak English. I did go to college. Uh, I've been a confident person, I would say, or very outgoing, which I guess to me is also confident. Um and now I have this new body and new mindset and I have a ton of energy, which I talked to Ruthann about this. My serotonin levels are through the roof and I owe that all to working out. And I just think that lately I've been going harder at Pure Bar, which Pure Bar has like three different kinds of classes. Reform, which is more toning and power, which is cardio and then the regular classic. And I feel like instead of going into Pure Bar with let me get through this workout. It's like, let me listen to this instructor and let me actually be here. Because for a while, like I, you know, I am guilty. Like right now I have my Apple watch, you know, who's texting me. I work from, from home. So I'm always like working from my phone, but I started like turning off my phone during class. And that's when I really start to like kick it up a notch. And even instructors are like, Olivia, you can like hold that plank or like you can take that to the next level. So yeah, it's been really fun and sharing that with other people has been really neat Um, and actually seeing people notice. I don't know if you experience that when people see you whatever, however many pounds lighter or even like in your face, maybe like your face is thinner, your clothes are fitting differently and people actually approach you. I don't know. Has that happened to you yet? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's such a cool feeling. Right. It's like Absolutely. other like when you notice it, it's cool when your family, you notice is it cool. But then when like a stranger is like, wow, you look amazing, which is what I've been hearing a lot, like at the studio and just like at Whole Foods or whatever. People are like, wow, Olivia, like you look really great. What have you been doing? That's a really, really cool feeling. little voice in the back of your head that's telling you I'm not where I want to be at but yet this person's like oh my god you look so good you look so good and it's just like part of you just wants to go thanks but I'm not there yet but it's like you you don't want to come off as unappreciative and because I mean in the back of my head too I'm going well yeah I've been working I hope I look good you know I'm not quite where I want to be at sometimes but yeah I mean it's just sometimes gotta just kind of shut it out and be like thank you and I feel like that's really hard thank you or is a hard thing to say and just it's just as hard as I'm sorry 
I'm sorry. It's harder. I'm sorry is a, are two hard words. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about your fitness journey as well? I'll start off at the beginning the same way. Um, I didn't come, like my parents aren't the most, weren't the most active people. Um, they didn't grow up doing sports. They didn't necessarily grow up doing any of that crazy stuff. Um, but all three of my brothers and I did. We, we really grew up going through all of that stuff. And for me, I was close enough to my older brother's age that anytime we were interested in the same sport, I played up so that you know, it seemed like, oh, it was whatever, but it was more so that my parents only had to bring us to one oh practice or one game or, or anything like that. And then that way they could both watch. And I mean, it was, you know, it was great, but that also really fueled my competitiveness because I was always like playing up and competing against people who had just an advantage in the fact that they were older than me. So you're the young, you're the, you're I'm the, the middle. But um, my younger brother is four years younger, and my older brother is only two years older. Okay. So, and my younger brother, he did a lot of that stuff because that was kind of like the blueprint after my older brother and I, and it, it wasn't his thing. Like, he was never really into sports. Uh, it was, yeah, I mean, he got my dad's genes more than any of us, so he was the tallest, and he's the lankiest and he has the metabolism and he's like 90 pounds soaking wet and it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so I always had this really, really competitive drive. Um, and then a memory that I don't have, but uh, I'm told is when I was younger, um, an uncle of mine threw me into a pool. I didn't know how to swim. Like this was, this was before I knew how to swim and like, he just kind of throws me in and then looks to my parents and just kind of yells out like, Oh, he can swim. Right. And they're like, uh, no, maybe. And you know, I swam, you know, probably three, three feet above the bottom, you know? Yeah. So I was pretty much drowning and, um, (laughs) I got pulled out and I was fine, but Um, I I started doing swim lessons at the YMCA in Titusville, Pennsylvania, pretty pretty early on. And from there, I started competing. And that was when I was probably in first grade. And when we moved to Erie, we ended up finding another YMCA, and I swam for them, and then I swam all the way through high school. Uh, By my uh, something... I think it was my junior year of high school. I was maybe 140 pounds. Um, I had a full six pack. I had the V abs. I had <laughs> the like, V abs, ladies. Yeah, I mean, he's I, taken. <laughs> the thing was, like, I would I never ate breakfast ever because I would either go to a morning swim practice and just wouldn't have time. Or I just didn't and I wasn't hungry and I kind of went through and then like lunch came and half the time I'd be like well my parents gave me two bucks for lunch today I'm gonna pocket that and just save up and (laughs) and buy some so like I wouldn't eat lunch and then like maybe I'd have I'd obviously have dinner when I got home but I 
eat maybe one meal a day and it just I mean it wasn't enough and I'm swimming anywhere from you know one to four or five hours a day and so I mean I was just pretty much at that point skin and bone and it, it definitely wasn't healthy and then the school implemented a whole uh, system where your parents could put money into your account at the school oh, yeah, I remember that. and then they could monitor it and so my parents were looking and were like well why why we gave you money why aren't you getting lunch at school <laughs> so from there obviously I had to actually eat school lunches and and I knew you know I kind of needed to you know change something a little bit because I was I mean I I had a doctor tell me I was underweight and I started to really like change my diet and not not in a good way we were a middle-class family but neither of my parents really knew how to cook but we didn't have really the money to be going out with five of us at the house so we ate in a lot but we didn't really eat well a lot and I'm a super picky eater so I definitely wasn't getting the right nutrition and once I started taking in more calories it was fine when I was at such a deficit that I just I it was all it was all out everything was out but once once that changed and I was no longer in that major deficit and I was eating this crappy food it didn't take long for me to start putting and by the time I graduated high school I was probably 160 um, maybe more I went to college I played division two division one volleyball but one thing about volleyball workouts is they're nowhere near as hard or they burn nowhere near as many calories as swimming swimming does Um, and then on top of that you're in college where you go from being in this scheduled environment to free-for-all essentially of you're living on your own and hey by the way there's a there's a you know swipe card not even a swipe card there's a there's a cafeteria there's an all-you-can-eat buffet open like nine hours a day and I I mean my dad always makes a joke and he's a little bit bigger he's like he used to be tiny I mean he used to be just just this little guy and he always tells this joke that you know he put on 60 pounds the year they created the all-you-can-eat buffet because he's also (laughs) he's also really cheap so that's like his thing yeah but, um, okay, but has he ever taken like a Tupperware container to a buffet? So that that is not like... <laughs> not not a restaurant buffet. Okay, but he does work at this company and they have like food. Sorry, out, Dad. <laughs> and he he would bring a container and then like he would get lunch at work and then like pack and that would be part of dinner. Oh my god! Yeah. Interesting. And, and yeah, so, and I mean, I've learned a lot and obviously I know why he was cheap. I did air quotes there for, <laughs> for the home. auditory uh, <laughs> folks. Um, and I, I mean, I, I know it's because we didn't have the money. My mom's a school teacher. Uh, school teachers get paid criminally low amount of money. And so, I mean, I, just, I know that's why it was now. But back then it was always just, he's just kind of cheap. But I mean, it was kind of just being real at that, yeah. at that time. But I didn't, that was poor taste yeah. joke for me. No, so not I'm at all. Not at all. I mean, I've just they, seen like very 
and we I mean we joke with him about it all the time I mean it's you know I'm thankful that he was because I know it's put them in a good situation now that we're all out of the house like I think they'll be able to retire on time and and get to do a lot of the things that they want to do but and I mean we still joke about it to this day and you know we'll call him cheap to his face and he's fine with it but yeah so I I go to college and you know I'm a picky eater and now I'm this free-for-all of you can have whatever you want whenever you want and I, I mean by the time I, I got done with my freshman year I was pretty close to, I think 200 pounds and then and for reference you're 511 510 on a good day on a good day yeah it depends on what shoes I'm wearing um, <laughs> But so I, it was really tough because I even came home that year and everyone who I knew from high school, like, I mean, they would comment. It was like, what happened? Because really? like for me, it wasn't freshman 15. It was like a freshman 50. I mean, it was a lot and it was noticeable. And I mean, I and we're from the Northeast, so people just give it to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I, mean? I, mean, I feel people, like that's a big difference, people, too. And also just kind of the the i mean guys in general like they're not afraid to just kind of jab you and they might not mean it you know it might just be hey yeah. just quickly take the the first thing that you think but it, i mean it sucked but at the same time like to some extent i'm glad because if you do go with with it being unnoticed and it's kind of like sometimes you need a little bit of a you know Push, something yeah. to be like yeah well see but, i'm italian so if you gain like five pounds my mom's like what are you doing what's going on or like my grandfather used to be like you're not eating enough like you're skin and bones because like we're northeast italians yeah we're annoying and loud and we'll tell you how it is so oh basically we're all yeah, dudes very, very italian <laughs> then partway through my freshman year and um within that time i was also drinking a lot I just my college experience in general involved a lot of alcohol not to any negative extent it was just I mean the culture if, if you want to talk about you know one of the worst things for your health and you know weight gain weight loss alcohol is definitely one of those factors I also got into a, a pretty long-term relationship and I think that's one thing that can no. Um, that's one thing that can, if you get comfortable or if you get, there's, you know, whatever, it wasn't necessarily a good thing. Um, You're and not talking about me, right? No. Okay. I was just not Ruth Ann. No, this was my freshman year. Not and, Chris's husband, aka wife Ruth Ann. <laughs> um, and, and so it was kind of one of those things that was just like, at that point I was comfortable. I didn't care. It wasn't one of those things that I even really Well, relationship weight, about. that's a real thing. Yeah. And I mean... So I just kind of went through and that it, it was what it was. And it, you know, it's funny looking back, you know, I was thinking like, man, I don't know why I'm okay with it. I don't really care, but I don't know why. And like looking back on it, it's like, you're an idiot. It's, this is exactly why. I mean, you ate like crap, you drank, you didn't sleep and your workouts weren't nearly as intense as what you're used to. Right. Which is okay, because that's like a time in your life where that's acceptable. Yeah. Pretty much. 
And so fast forward to after my junior year, that's when I actually met Ruth Ann and we started dating, um, go back to school, still drank a decent bit. I ended up quitting volleyball. Um, that's a story for another day. Um, but I ended up quitting volleyball and the wrap up of that year, that school year, and then like you said, getting out and you're no longer in this bubble and you've got this job and you've got, and it just, you know, it just kind of all. Show you for reference. Oh, I'm seeing, yeah. oh my goodness. It just, it Doesn't really. Doesn't even look like you. It all snowballs. And honestly, this picture. I wish we um, could show this photo. I mean, not yeah. really, but like, this, you know. This was. different between both of you. This was the day. This was, in my mind, the moment. Okay, I'm sorry. I Since mean, we are it's... real new friends, I've never seen these photos. Yeah. So I am totally stunned, and that's um, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. At that point, I was pushing 250 pounds. And um, you were not feeling good. It, it wasn't that I wasn't feeling good. The, the biggest thing was is that we went and did this winery tour with my parents. We took pictures, and then, like, the next day, um, granted, that whole year while I'm at school, like, I'm in Senior a relationship. Year? Yeah, I'm in a relationship, and I'm constantly drinking so like i don't the person who i would take pictures with isn't there we were long distance she was in oh, Pennsylvania. Okay. i didn't know this yeah. Oh, yeah we are first we dated for all of a month before i moved eight hours away um and then so like i'm not gonna be in pictures i'm not taking pictures like just yeah. whatever and so then it was kind of after seeing those pictures of myself and going like that's me and this is where I've gotten to like yeah it it wasn't good and like Can I interject really quick yeah because I think another big part of it for you was you came home and we had to go to Malachi's wedding your cousin's wedding that's what I was just gonna say and you had no clothes that fit you exactly and I feel like that was a huge moment for you and saying oh crap yeah, we we went to my like that aha moment yeah we went to my cousin's wedding in Michigan and we took like a, a bus there. Chris, I'm so proud of you. Thank you, I appreciate Seriously. it. Seriously. But it's it's like this is transfer. This is transformative and very inspiring. Yeah. It's it's less than 12 hours before we're supposed to get on a bus and ride to Michigan, and we're in raw stress for less, trying to find something that <laughs> I can fit only into. Only thing open. Yeah. God. Yeah. It's and how only... did that? How did how did you feel then? I, that felt that. like honestly that again that was the, one of the other moments that was just like what like what happened because one thing you mentioned is you know being a confident person to me I've always had confidence and when I haven't I've been really good at faking it I'm the same way about patience <laughs> but so to me I didn't care you know what I mean like it was uh, whatever I'm good just keep moving you know just yeah. be confident just keep going and then you know it was one of those things that that was a really vulnerable place for me it's like I don't have clothes that, that fit I can't put these pants on I can't fit in this shirt I can't button this shirt up and it was just one thing if clothes are big and they're whatever and they don't necessarily look good and you can fake the confidence in them it's another one you literally can't, can't even fit into the clothes like so that was like a rude awakening for me 
and pretty soon after that is when I started to get back into the pool and I think it's funny that you got pushed in the pool and that's how thrown. I was thrown <laughs> thrown yeah thrown in the pool and then like all this happened and then you probably went back to swimming yeah I think uh, to me it it's one of the least surprising stories that I have mainly because so many of them revolve around well because I'm so pe competitive and that's one of those things that's like my mindset probably was and I, I really don't know because this was when I was so young that I like I really have no clue that it happened um, but I'm trying to eat a banana right now I did <laughs> not eat dinner so um, so yeah like I don't I don't really have any memory or recollection of this actually happening but what probably happened was I'm never gonna let that happen again and so it's like swimming lessons the next day so you swimming lessons in the sense like you for you learning how to swim in terms of that's when I started to after that happened was when I started to learn how to swim oh properly yeah oh. no in general like I did oh. I did not back then I get it okay yeah so I, get you. I was gonna say what are we like going back to swim lessons that's what I well, and it's funny because we kind of talked about right. that. Again, it's like 10.30 on a Friday, <laughs> and it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week for sure. But, yeah, and, and you kind of talked about that, that, you know, that feeling that you get when you're in a gym, that, like, uncomfortable feeling. That is 90% of the reason that I swim because I know that there are certain lifting workouts that would probably be better for my weight loss, but I can't bring myself to do a lot of them because like I'm not going to be that guy and I'm just like it frustrates the crap out of me because I know that there are some things that I could be doing but um it's not scared it's not the right word but basically just like there's almost this fear of being of trying this thing out or because you know you go to LA fitness and for me in college it was the Olympic lifts doing deadlifts doing uh, cleans doing squats and you can't do that like when you clean if you try and drop the bar and hold on to it I have bad shoulders thanks to swimming and volleyball if I try and drop the bar with weight on it my shoulders going it's like it's gonna dislocate it's gonna do something if I have a decent enough weight on it I can't catch that bar so I just gotta drop it you can't do that with metal weights you can't yeah. do that in any gym you need the rubber weights the the right equipment those the, kind of things yeah. and i'm not going to pay an insane amount extra just to have those kind of weights when swimming is a complete workout you have cardio workouts and swimming goes way beyond that cold water pools which for the most part gyms aren't that cold but in general when a pool is colder than your body temperature your body is already working to try and bring your body temperature up. So just by you submerging yourself in that water, your body's at work. Um, on top of that, you know, the fact that you're taxing your oxygen, you're, you're pushing your heartbeat and your resistance training. I mean, it's kind of it's a full it's, body. It's, yeah, exactly. It's full body. It's beyond just body weight because there is the resistance of the water um, as well as I've gone in in full sweatpants and a sweatshirt, you know, just kind of tie everything down and just like trying to 
power through and I'll do like a thousand yards and just, I mean, I'll feel like I'm dying, but you know, it's just like, well, that's why people bring like ankle weights, right? Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see people occasionally have some like little additives and, um, but I mean, it's just, it's resistance. It's, it's hit. If you do it right. I mean, obviously anything can be interval if you you know high intensity interval if you plan it to be that way but it's very easy to do it in intervals being that it's literally a 25 yard pool um and so just apple watch and timing out laps and doing stuff like that so to me it's pretty much the most inclusive workout and it was funny i read a study that they put out on the internet somewhere that was like they get you to click on it by this <laughs> this is the best workout according to new studies and like you click on it and it's like okay what do we got what's this one saying and it's like swimming and it's like goes into all these things and it's like when you really break it down and you think of the people involved in the sport michael phelps ryan Lofty, never heard of any of these people any, any of those olympic athletes right look at them i mean perfect physique Right. In the best shape of their life. And what what do they do? Well, they swim. They're fish. For a living. For a living, they swim. That's what they do. And then it's kind of like, well, yeah, just put one and two together. They're like, obviously, they didn't do something else that right. got them here, and that's why they're good at swimming. No, they just swam, and now this is where they're at. Sure, I mean, they do a lot of lifting. They do a lot of uh, land exercises and stuff like that. You have to. But at the same time, when I do have some of that stress and anxiety about doing some of these other kind of workouts, to me, it's worth it to just say, screw it. Like, this is enough. And when I'm trying to have that workout, work-life balance, having a wife at home, having a dog, like, I mean, it's already too much to swim. Yeah. But you enjoy it. I do. I, I right. mean, I do. I mean, some days it sucks. And because I force myself to get up and do it in the morning, uh, the amount of times where I will stand on the edge of that pool for five minutes or longer, just looking at the water and not able to jump in is, I mean, that's too many to count. But yeah. I mean, that's what I have to thank for it. Like, that's what I have to thank for where I am now, as well as, you know, the people in my life who you know notice who push me who want that for me and i'd say it's definitely changed a lot of for me because now um as of today i was 187 pounds and i'm still pushing to get lower and he looks great ladies even (laughs) though ruthann is (laughs) locked down in the studio but i mean for me i want to make sure i can maintain it because it's so easy to just get comfortable and to cruise. And the hardest thing to do is get to a point where you're so far removed from where you want to be that you just have to, I mean, you just have to kill yourself to get back to it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, Ruthann, if you want to talk about, you know, how you're an instructor and stuff. Ruthann's very into fitness as well. So that's like... But I wasn't always. Right. But like that's our common ground. Yeah. Like that's how we're we're friends, essentially. I feel like we need to tell the people 
you know, like we didn't meet on the street. Like we <laughs> met at like a, a, a private uh, pure work studio. Uh, and I think it's interesting because I just learned a lot about you just talking to you right now about swimming as a whole. And I think that's awesome. And I'm so proud of you. And like even things like, so we went grocery shopping tonight. And now I kind of, like the hardest part for me is food. Like I feel like for me working out is easy. And where you said like it's hard for you to get, like once, like to get up, wake up, get to LA, give your code, scan in. Get in the, sorry, get in the, there goes the podcast. <laughs> there goes the mic. Uh, for me, it's so easy to pop to Pure Bar and give 60 minutes or 50 minutes. But the eating is where I struggled a lot, but now I'm doing a lot better. And I'm just starting to like meal plan, not necessarily meal prep, more meal plan. Mm-hmm. For the week so i think that that would be like something great to talk about another time maybe like how we budget and what we eat and kind of go over that yeah i think that sounds good but i think for now we wrap it up here we are planning on releasing another episode this coming thursday but olivia and i are on vacations during august and the beginning of september but we may look to start doing two episodes a week full time this coming fall if people are listening so Give us a shout on Instagram at Real New Friends. Keep stopping by the episodes. We're currently on Anchor and Spotify. If you want to see another platform, please let us know. We're looking to do iTunes as well already. But if there's anywhere else that you would like to see it, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, with that said, go ahead. Let's roll the music and let's get out of here.